everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellich Talks. John Tellich here, Fox 8 sportscaster in Cleveland, Ohio, and certainly appreciative of the fact that you've taken the time to swing by this podcast and hear what we have to offer. A real enjoyable chat with this week's guest. It's 11-time state high school football champion Chuck Kyle from St. Ignatius High School here in Cleveland. Those 11 state titles are the most of any school in the state of Ohio. And I think if you live in Ohio or even in the adjoining states, you know how crazy this state is for its high school football. In fact, Chuck, just last fall, was voted by Max Preps as the sixth best high school coach of all time. Now, I'm certain as I read this stuff off and tell you about the accolades that he has achieved during his career, Chuck would be rolling his eyes and saying, just dispense with that stuff and let's get right to the talk. He's not about that, but he has sent so many fine football players on to college to become successful athletes and also men of business and leadership in our country. Look, Charles Bentley, Jake Ryan, Anthony Gonzalez, Brian Hoyer, you name just a few right there, and you could go on with the list on and on and on. But a cool thing about Chuck as well is the fact that he teaches English at the school, has been teaching it for many years, really dabbled a lot in the writings of Chaucer, Canterbury's Tale, or also, of course, the writings of the great William Shakespeare. And we talk about that as well. Maybe the ways that the English teaching coincides or helps what he does with teaching young football players to be the best that they can be. He's also involved with USA Football, setting up guidelines for how youth play the game and how the sport of football can be sustained on a very safe kind of a level because as we know in the news in recent years there has been lots of talk about the detriments that the sport of football can have on one's health. So a great chat with Chuck Kyle of St. Ignatius High School. It's coming right up here on Tellage Talks. Chuck Kyle, you have been here at St. Ignatius for quite some time and have had quite the legacy build up on the football field. What were the genesis, what is the genesis, as I can say, um, for your love of this game of football and leading young men? Where would you say that? Well, I I, I look back uh, and I played in high school, played in college. You played here? I had an injury. Yeah, I played here at St. Ignatius. Youngest of four boys to go through here. Uh, My oldest brother played... Then I played. My two uh, two brothers in between didn't. Um, but anyway, you know, you, you go to college and you play, and you, it, it just was, uh, you miss it. And so when I was hired, uh, actually, I should go back. I, I, my, I, was in, I injured my shoulder. Uh, now, it, it, back then, oh, a dislocated shoulder, but actually it's a torn labrum. I didn't know that. I didn't even know what a torn labrum was <laughs> What is a then, labrum? Yes. Right? You know, so when you go through the airport and go like that, and the guy goes, hey, what's wrong with your shoulder? And you're kind of <laughs> it's like, a torn labrum. Yeah, I did it 40 years ago. <laughs> Can't <or> you 50. <laughs> tell? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's crazy. But anyway, that's a side story. But, but anyway, um, I started helping at Ignition when I was a senior at John Carroll. There was an English opening. Wonderful, I got I got hired. Now, to answer your question, I, I, I was, at that point, I was a young guy and I still wanted to be active. Um, I, and I, I, I wanted to teach English and, and coach, and being an assistant was fine with me. 
so I, I you know, because you're out there really doing the drills and yeah. all that sort of thing. Uh, I will share, I, I walked in to sign my contract uh, to teach and coach right, right right by the gym. I can okay. remember this. I'm walking. We're not far from there now. Right, we're very close. I'm walking in and up the stairs walked John Wirtz, who was my head football coach, the athletic director. And he looked at me and he said, Chuck, you, you ran track when you were here, didn't you? And I said, yes, sir, I, I ran track. Would you like to be the head track coach? I said, well, sure. I never said no to that man. So I said, yes, sir, I will. Yeah. That's 46 years ago. I'm still coaching the head track coach at St. Ignatius High School. You know, that's how things were back then. They didn't interview 10,000 people. So I walked down the hall and I had several contracts to sign, <laughs> making hardly any money, but it was okay. Uh, and then it just as you, as, as you, you get into coaching, uh, it, it, it becomes uh, a very interesting idea you know it's it, it uh the idea of the chess match uh the the uh the idea of the, of the uh of when you're playing offense or, or defense there's there's so much going on uh so many variables right there's 22 variables every snap of the ball and it, it is really a complex game uh you know you, you start over the years it evolved from the i formation pounding away it was woody hayes yeah uh ohio the game's right changed. we're pounding you know but you know we we were pretty early in evolving into throwing the football a little bit more than a lot of teams and now you see it as a spread offenses and the yeah. defenses has to adjust and it's uh i always thought a, you guys your offensive approach was a little bit ahead of most of the schools and we're dating back 25 even 30 years well you know we, we felt uh you know you saw what miami Florida was doing down there with bernie Kozar, yeah. you know and all that and and uh the idea that that uh, you know we, we have college-bound kids here. All of the kids here go to college, so you know these kids are smart. They'll handle all, a little more complexity. So um, you start working with the passing attack, and your quarterbacks are not looking for really who's open. You're looking at the secondary. What's the secondary telling you? And then you read the secondary, and then you know whom to throw to. So we really got into that very early and uh that that really helped you know we started moving the football people thought you know ohio it's too snowy and muddy in november can't throw you can't in do- november yes, what are you, you can. doing <laughs> you sure can you've seen it we, we, you have to be able to do that see so uh that was a really help uh, helpful twist but it is it's it's the idea the uh the challenge of the complexity you know it, it's an interesting game so um when you get hooked yeah. It's hard to walk away, you know, and, and, and as long as the energy's okay, let's just keep doing it. That's fine with me. What has energized you the most, winning championships or seeing young men go on from here and be successful in life? Oh, I, I honestly, I, I, what motivates you? There's a, high school's that fun thing. There's always, a, there's, always, there's always a new cast coming up, and it's, an, yeah. it's uh, I, I'm going to use an English idea. There's a new cast, and, and each year you're writing a new novel. Okay. You, you know, as you're going, each each game's a chapter. And you're you, creeping you back to, in with this English sure talk. Sure, I have to. Chuck. Come on, I, I we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about that. that. <laughs> but it, it really is like that, you know, and, and that kind of challenge. And you're seeing uh, kids enter the school and they're 14 years old, and and then, then you see them mature, and you see how, uh, you know, how they yeah, they get stronger and bigger, and and see how they get into the uh, challenge of it. Um, that's the thing that's really motivating. I, I uh, believe me that uh, the, the playoffs in, in in the state of Ohio, they're all good teams. So 
who knows what's going to happen in, in the game of football. And you, 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 the ball's designed in a very strange way, so it bounces around in sure. a strange way. Who knows? You what's live with happen. those strange bounces. You sure. have to live with that. And the, you, you get weather, right? You get a nasty night, and okay, yeah. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen here tonight? So it, 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 I feel very blessed uh, that we've been able to to uh, to win, you know, 11 state championships. I, I, I in my wildest dream, I, I never I never even thought that when I first started. Uh, but you get some hardworking kids that set high goals, and and uh, you know you it it, it you, you feel like you um, you owe the kids to give them their your best. I, I think that if they put the work in, uh, you um the the you wake up at two in the morning trying to figure out how to stop that blitz or how to yeah. how to go against that that coverage or uh, that's what happens. Um, and you feel why? Because if those kids put that much work in, you got to give them the best chance on the field. They, you got to put them in a position that they can make a play. That's 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 that to me is the biggest motivation. Can we help put them in a place where they can make the play? Now, we don't make the play; they do. Yes. But you you really find yourself working really hard to be able to put them in the position to make a play. You have uh, you put a kid into a position to make a play, Chuck. Is that a complicated affair, or is it, it when when you really cut down through all the all the meat off the bone? It's a pretty basic concept. Well, put I, him I, in position to make a play. Right. I, I think every coach, would, uh, from youth football, high school, college, pros, would have to say that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a trickle down effect. You know, uh, the pros make some adjustments, and you know, the colleges make some adjustments. It, there's an interesting relationship going on there in the quarterback area. I, I, right. I, that's a whole nother conversation because, you know, these, the old idea of the drop back quarterback throwing it around, well, there's a lot of guys coming out of college now. It's, they, they, they do the spread offense, so it's a little different. But certainly we learn from the colleges, the high schools, and so we'll, we'll go to Ohio State or we'll go to Notre Dame or we'll go to, or there'll be clinics and they'll talk and there's you, you certainly study what they're doing mm-hmm. and you uh, connect it to what you could do in a high school level, what what fits uh, your person personnel. And I think the youth kids look at what the high school guys are doing and realize, okay, I gotta I gotta work to become that. So it is it's complex, but there is this motive of uh, okay, if if you're a coach that, that really loves coaching. Uh, you, you you really get more uh, excitement about watching a kid use good technique and make the play as opposed to all right I I had this overload blitz and they couldn't pick it up and I well congratulations coach you know <laughs> that's great the kid made the play coach <laughs> but the kid made the play and 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 the kid is it's getting the thrill of watching that kid improve uh, in his technique uh, that they're coachable and and you're living up to that responsibility of being the coach. That's why you do this. I, 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 it, any other idea, you'll burn out and be gone soon. <laughs> so we shouldn't really call you a coach. We should just call you a teacher. I mean, that's what you are inherently, no? Try. I think that's, uh, I think I've heard so many people say, uh, John Wooden would tell you, if he were sitting in this room, he would tell you, a coach is a teacher. The best coaches are teachers. John Wooden was an English teacher, may I say. And, yes, and, he was. And, uh, he, he would tell you that. It, it, if, uh, if he one of his famous quotes is, if that if that player's not doing it right, he was you didn't coach him right. 
You know, you, you look at it that way. That some way you didn't get it across. You got to get it across better. And, and uh, that's what motivates you. That's why you keep studying and keep working. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's Friday night and here we go. And, and uh, it's still exciting. Uh, I think uh, it's still exciting for adults and student body and the bands are playing and it's not that expensive to go to high school games, you know. It's the best bargain in town, and it's just fun to do. And and uh, it's, I think all of us have to agree. It's always nice to look forward to something, right? Yes. And there's the, you know, you, know, you, you say if it didn't work out Friday night, you know, you lost. And and I always tell the kids, uh, you get 24 hours, you know, you're gonna feel bad about it. We all are. But after 24 hours, fellas, we, it's over. Because we got to start looking at the next one, you know, and just just get ready for it. And that's that's what you learn. Hopefully, you learn that about life. There's going to be successes. There're going to be disappointments. Yeah, it feels bad, but you can't linger with it. You no. can't let it change your life. You got to let's go. Next challenge. Let's go. How do you project where a kid's going to be? Was it easier, or is it easier now to do that than when you were? in your first five years as a head coach. Okay. Project what a, you Projecting. know, a 200-pound kid who's a freshman, where you could see him as a right. senior right. or I, whatever. Right, I, I, I see your question. And um, you do your best with speed. Uh, you know, okay, you time the 40 or the 20. Believe yeah. it or not, that's that's kind of important. It's 40 is one thing, but you better time the short spurts too. You do things like that. You look at the strength. Size, you never know because the kid will grow, you know. So the, to say you lock a kid in a position freshman year, uh, we have a tendency not to do that. We have a tendency to go, well, let's look at practices and, and make suggestions. Hopefully you're open, son. I hope you're open to what we suggest you to, you to play. Because you everybody want will to, show up and want to be the quarterback. The quarterback or There's the receiver. only one out there, okay. <laughs> but son, maybe the, this would, you know, and, and generally speaking, kids kind of go, yeah, I, I just want to be part of this team and learn. And, and so it, it happens that way. You, you, you start working. But, you, John, I'll, first of all, a very young kid, let's say if he's, he's an eighth grader, ninth grader, John Wirtz told me one thing here. This just, just, I, hopefully, hopefully everybody will roll with this. He told me if the, eight, if the kid's an eighth grader, ninth grader, and he already has hairy legs, He's not going to grow much more. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his theory. Maybe we missed this all these years. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just I didn't hear any great thing, but John Morris, he told me that. <laughs> that kid's already shaving. And he's not going to grow much. That's it. And you see that spindly kid, but, you know, not shaving. Baby face. You know, and you're going, watch out. He may come in at about five foot nine by senior year, he's 6'2". You know, and actually, uh, a kid that... Uh, yeah, anybody Jake in that Ryan, Jake Ryan, no okay. linebacker. Jake Ryan, who's playing right. in the yeah, he's yeah. playing in the NFL. He was with the Packers. He was somebody else now. Anyway, as a freshman, he was that kid, baby faced, baby faced. You know, he was playing <laughs> a little strong safety. It was you know, he's just one of those just guys. on the field doing it. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. You know, and sure enough, you know, he started getting bigger. And uh, by the time he was a junior, he was six one, and about two ten. So. And he's a, you can see he was a good player, but size-wise still, yeah. but the MACs started offering. MACs started offering. Well, John, this is true. Between the end of the senior year and the following August when we started practice, he shot him. 
He grew up to be six, two and a half. So he grew an inch and a half and he put on 20, 25 pounds. So now he's six, two and a half, 225, 230, and now he's going to Michigan, okay? That happens and it still happens. And I think I'm gonna branch off a little bit. I, I think you see so many uh, major colleges committing uh, scholarships to sophomores, uh, juniors, and, and some of these seniors, they miss. They miss. They them. miss on. They miss the late bloomers. They do. Some of them. They do. And why uh, are they in such a hurry? Well, obviously there's pressure to bear right. from where they're at. That's exactly. And to it. to just stay ahead of Michigan if you're right. Ohio State or whatever. Right. It it started maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where those early offers were starting to happen, and. Uh, I think once that started, then the others felt, well, we can't let that other team get the jump on this kid. We've got to do that. And, you know, any re- college recruiter that comes in, you can tell they're, it's not the, the best idea, but they have to do it. They feel they have to. And, uh, but they do miss on some kids that... Uh, it's almost like the recruiters are, you know, got to make the sale. Right. It's like, you know, you got to, we have so many cars we have to sell this month. Right. I got to make that sale. He's got to make the sale. Oh, yeah. They, it, in a way, you, you would think that a, a, a college coach is hired for his expertise. And certainly they, they, they have, have that, it. don't yeah. get me wrong. But a lot of it also is, can this guy go in and sell sell our school to the athletes and to the parents? You know, there is, you're right, there's a salesman part to it. Some of them actually take some seminars on sales and, and, and mm-hmm. that type of thing because... It's part of it. They've, you know, come on, Ohio State's got to have those five-star recruits, right? They got to have them, you know, and in Michigan and Notre Dame and all those. I mean, they they have to, or the alumni's all upset, you know. Now, how those stars are ranked, I don't. Who ranks those stars? I still don't know because there's some great players that, you know, they're not five-star, but that other kid. They rank that guy five star and this guy three star. I think the three star guy is better than the five star, but you know you see that all the time. Chuck, you've got so you've had so many guys come through these halls and have gone on to play, you know, in big time college football, the pros, the Charles Bentley you just mentioned, Ryan and and uh, you know the uh, Brian Hoyer. The list goes on and on. You've also faced some great talent individual talents. I'll go back to the 80s, Robert Smith. I'll come back more recently to Mitch Trubisky. Um, What has that been like preparing for someone from another team that you know that singularly, if I can say that word, they're so good at what they do that on this level, you really have to be prepared for that individual. Right. Especially nowadays, uh, the spread offense, you know, you're hearing that all the time. Well, what's the key idea of the spread offense? The spread offense is trying to get one-on-one matchups. And the offense will try motions or different formations to Identity. create. Here's their best player going against your guy who's not quite the best player, right? Can we get him uh, where there's a motion and a linebacker has to cover him or something like that? You, 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 that that goes on all the time. And that's a, as you're talking about, there's no doubt about it that that with the spread offense, that's created a, a, a situation where. Uh, defenses have to say if that's the best receiver there's a lot of times you have to make a commitment that yeah here's your corner we would love to have that corner on him but can't always guarantee that so if if that receiver changes and we can't move that corner well now the free safety has to be on top so now you've one guy you can't help it but one guy is actually occupying two of your defensive guys but if that kid is that good and that kind of skill kid you got to do that. Now, when you're dealing with a Mitch Trubisky, 
And yeah, we won a couple times, and he won his more than his share. And he sure. he it, 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 he was a tremendous football player. And uh, the the idea that that you'd have to just change coverages, you just could not let him sit there and figure, make it easy for himself and figure you out. And you just had to. Um, it, 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 you had to make it look like it's man coverage and then it's zone and vice versa or this part of the field is more man on where the other side is yeah. it's kind of a zone. So, you know, you just you had to make him so that maybe he, he hesitant a little hesitant bit. a little bit and and then, you know, you, you hope you can make a play or you hope you can get a blitz that maybe, you know, you get a sack on him. But, but I can remember that the frustrating thing playing Mitch and um, he has the pro arm. Everybody yeah. sees he has, and he's having a great career. An Ignatius guy is coaching him, by the way. Dave Ragone is the yes. quarterback coach of Chicago Isn't that crazy? So they, they get it. They have a they're great relationship. I'm sure they, they do. But they have a lot of fun every fall. Okay, <laughs> yeah. to say. But I'm going forth. Yeah. Got to go back. That in our game is playing Mitch, and certainly he threw the ball up. But he broke our back when he took off running. Yeah. He broke our back. Uh, there were plays in, in all the games we played. Where you know you, you, your coverage is good. All right, here we go. And he would find a little seam, and you know it's third and eight, and you think, yeah, yeah, he just gained twelve, and it's first down. <laughs> and he was he was just that type of athlete. And so anyway, th- those are the challenges. Uh, and every year, well, we, we we with the schedule we play, we've played guys that have gone on to the pros and have done really well. And it's uh, it's fun though to follow them. You know, when you, you're done and you look back and you and and you say, you know, we played against. Mitch Trubisky, and you know, we played. Yeah, that guy's a wide receiver now for someone. We played against him, Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs. I'm sure he told you the story. He says it's it's our game that we. He was in Dunbar High School, and Dunbar D- came DC DC to play us, and we won by plenty. But he he to this day, I saw him just last week, and he says, because I played San Ignatius, Kent State saw me. Saw saw me. Wow. And I ended up getting a scholarship to Kent State, and the rest is history. So, I mean, just, you know, because films travel around. Yeah. Right? You know, I send our films out all over the place. And so, um, anyway, that that can happen. Things like that do happen. Chuck, it's really interesting, if I can, uh, to delve into your English teaching. Uh, Years ago, I came with Fox 8, and we did a little story about you, and you were very kind enough to let me come into one of your classes where you were teaching Chaucer. And I know you don't specifically do that as much now, but it's been a part of your makeup. Teaching English, does that translate at all to coaching? Well. Uh, <laughs> and why Chaucer? Well, well um, I, I, I think uh, when I was in college, I found English fascinating and the, all, studying all these authors. I, I don't think the good professors at John Carroll told me how many papers I'd have to check. <laughs> uh, my thumbs are still aching. Uh, you're either you know. grading uh, papers right. or you're watching film. That's right. I, it, 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 that's the truth. Okay. Um, but anyway, I, 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 I went to John Carroll, as I said, and, and uh, there were some wonderful English professors there that, that just, you could tell they loved their subject. Yeah. And I think all of us, when there's a teacher that loves the subject that makes a difference in a classroom, and 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 I had some wonderful professors at John Carroll. I owe so much to them, and and they got me so interested uh, in in English, and uh, I just felt uh, at at that time period in the English department we were this, we were starting elect some electives for seniors. Okay. Just 
hopefully they would be motivated. You know, they're already Catch thinking about eye. colleges, but yeah. they, you know, appeal somebody, to someone. Right, there, there's some interest, and and say that some kids want to do creative writing, some kids want to. So I did. I had some great teachers with with Jeffrey Chaucer and, and William Shakespeare, and I, I I pictured a course where the first so say six weeks we'd do Jeffrey Chaucer, and that's basically around the 1400s. Yeah. And Shakespeare's actually two exactly 200 years later. And England was this, with, in Geoffrey Chaucer's days, was this really backward, way behind in the, in the Renaissance. I mean, the, you know, Italy and France, everybody, England was this barbaric little island. Backwater that didn't do kind it. of yeah, a, yeah, they didn't have it. 200 years later, right? 200 years later, they're the power of the world. They, beat the, they defeated the Spanish Armada. Queen Elizabeth is reigning, and here's this amazing country. And here's this guy, Jeff, uh, uh, William Shakespeare, you know, who still to this day, people aren't totally sure how that all happened. He became an actor uh, and then started writing these plays and he cashed in on history plays. He cashed in on them because people, they didn't want to read the history books. They'd rather see a play about it, okay. right? So he cashed in there. Yes. And uh, I, I just felt, uh, you know, there's more than the play Romeo and Juliet with Shakespeare. Everybody takes Romeo and Juliet, but there's some really interesting comedies and tragedies and histories. And young boys, they kind of got into it, right? So uh, it was fun. And uh, I do have to say, um, from that class, a young actor by the name of Rory O'Malley. You can see him on TV now. Rory O'Malley also uh, was in Hamilton uh, on Broadway. And Rory was King... uh, uh, George III wow. in the play. So he was in the class, right? And he, he even mentioned last in some article last week that That's pretty cool. Ironically, it was the football coach Tommy <laughs> Shakespeare. And you know, so it was nice of him to say that. I was really touched. But uh, you never know who's you in that class. You, you don't never know. know that go on. So that's well, been fun. You know, it's kind of cool. You have Chaucer who predated uh, Shakespeare, as you mentioned, by 250 years. It, can I draw an analogy that Newt Rockney was the Chaucer to today's Belichick or today's Chuck Kyle or whomever? Well, wow, there's so many. That See how have deep done we're that. getting today, Chuck? Uh, the, you, certainly, you, uh, the, there's a, this game has been passed along uh, yeah. from some uh, important people years and years ago. Uh, you know, at, at the turn of the century, 1906. There was a question on whether to let this game continue. Uh, it was uh, uh, the rules needed to be changed, um, and we're going through a little bit of that nowadays. Yeah, I good, think, too. maybe a good segue, but yeah, sure. But it it uh, and uh, a number of sc- of colleges. There was no pro football back then. A number of colleges were saying we're not playing that game anymore. There were there was some some problem, some in- deaths, injuries, yeah. and so on. And ironically, if people look this up, the man who somewhat made the difference to kind of change and got got it going was believe it or not theodore roosevelt in theodore how, roosevelt decided this was he loved the game of football so in 1906 uh, he gathered together a group of, of of coaches you know from yale and harvard from all, all over uh, and they sat down and said we need to change the rules we have to make it a safer game and so you know sure enough uh they they worked on the rules, ch- changed them, and yes, they made it safer. And believe it or not, that small group, the that organization continued, and they became the NCAA. 
the precursor to that was the group that original that was the start of the NCAA the National Collegiate Athletic Association yeah thanks to the thanks president to Theodore Roosevelt yeah the, who's who begot the national parks right. who've done who did so much and I right. think as the years go he, on he becomes larger and, and he larger. couldn't play everybody pictured eyeglasses <laughs> they were an inch thick he could not play but he loved the game and he he demanded that we got to do something about it. So people, please Google Theodore Roosevelt and football, and you can read all about that. It's a really interesting story. That is really cool. Now let's go to today, um, the state of the game, the safety of the game. Where are we, and where do you see it in let's say 10, 15 years, right. Chuck? Um, John, it's a really important question. Uh, and I you've mean, done I'm, a lot of work right. with this through USA been, football, right? Through USA football and and the and and. Uh, the hospitals and everything, we're, we're working on making the game safer, especially for younger kids, okay? Um, obviously, you know, you go back to the 1950s and 60s, I mean, I, the, the doctors couldn't tell you what, con, what happened to your body with contact. I mean, you, you know, guys didn't even wear face masks, and they, they were playing, and, and um, you, you, we can all relate, you know, Playing any sport, you, sometimes when you got contact, you, like your bell rung, right? Exactly. You, you, you it's felt a common a term. Dizzy, yeah. And you didn't make anything of it. Well, nowadays that's a con- they've realized now. You're out. They didn't realize it back then, but they realize now. Well, that that is a that's a concussion, and you're out. Now back then, I mean, come on, you're playing for Paul Brown, and you know, come on, if you, you, you walked up him? to Paul Brown on Tuesday and go. Coach, I still have a headache. I can't play. Well, you aren't going to do that. You were feeding your family. Yeah. And so as a result, some of the studies, you know, see that. And, and okay, let's take those studies to heart and realize that, and especially the conversations now is how young, uh, while a, a, a kid is developing, youth-wise, um, what level of contact, how many contacts should he have, how many things like that. So anyway, uh, we're doing a lot of work in that, in that uh, picture studying on how, uh, for especially for young kids, that, the idea of starting with flag football first. Let's yeah. let them have fun. And there's some areas in the in the nation that have five-year-olds playing tackle football. And John, I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't. It's crazy. Uh, it's, I, I don't think many people, doctors don't agree. But it's uh, what can I tell you? That that's kind of. I don't know when I played youth. I I wasn't allowed to play tackle football till sixth grade. Somewhere you between flag, yeah. the sixth. I recall and, playing flag and, football till yeah. sixth grade. Right. It Seventh changed. grade, you start. You you put on the uniform. Right. It changed sometime in the 70s or 80s. I don't know. I don't know what it did. But anyway, um, the, what 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 we're doing is 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 really setting up a pathway. So picture flag football till you know. I, I a lot of people talk around third grade, fourth, somewhere around there. Okay. And now what we've developed is is tackle football, but it's a controlled environment. It's uh, USA Football and the Browns. We 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 call it rookie tackle, and. Uh, the field is limited. The sidelines are the top of the numbers. Uh, starts from the 40-yard line in, so you can actually have two games going on on a football field at the same, at the same time. Only in, in the Cleveland area, we have seven kids on each team, so that, that limits the number of pileups. You don't really have that much it's anymore. It's not that congested thing. There's no, there's no punts or kickoffs because, come on, nobody – That's <laughs> I remembered returning punts. You'd catch the ball, and who blocked on punts, right? You'd have four or five guys sprinting right there. 25, 30 yards, and you're the guy, right? You're gonna, they have a little momentum towards you. So we t- we're saying no, none of that. Um, 
you know, every if, if the, there's a turnover on downs or a turnover, the ball goes back to the 40-yard line, and the other team gets the ball and tries to take it in. Uh, we've had some great, so far, some, and we believe it's safer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still football, so there's contact. I mean, but it gives the coach uh, a little more controlled environment uh, to teach the kids how to tackle properly. We, we're doing a lot of work on on tackling too. Besides that game, uh, a lot of studies on 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 blocking and where to put the head. And a lot of what we're teaching now is a here's a, in a in a in a ball game, wherever that ball is, snap of the ball and here's the ball carrier coming at you. You should already have a tackle plan. If he's How to you your left, to... you know you're going to put your head to the right. You're going to use your left shoulder. You have to do. You already have a tackle before the kid even get the ball carrier even gets to you. You should know what shoulder you're hitting and where your head's going to go. Interesting. So trying to develop that type of of of, of technique, uh, that type of coaching. So I, I I do. I go around and some coaches we take we we teach tackling all over the place, uh, and, and trying to make sure that the coaches know how to teach it. Uh, USA Football has put out a lot of wonderful drills. Uh, they have the one, it's free. You go on USA Football, there's a free tackling program. The guy who's the instructor is the coach from the Seattle Seahawks who actually innovated what he called the hawk tackle. It's now in USA what they call it the shoulder tackle. So colleges are doing it, high schools are doing it, and we want to get it to the youth especially because, uh, you know, the kids have to, you know, with, with practice feel very confident where they put their head and which shoulder they're hitting with so that they're keeping that head out of the way. That's that's our job. That's our job, I think. I mean, if, if a kid sprains his ankle, I don't think the parents are going to yank him out of football, you know? But if he gets a concussion, they're holding their breath. If he gets a second one, I don't think the kid's going to, you know, th- there'll be a, a conversation here. Yeah. So we have to we have to adapt that and uh, and hopefully we're doing some good work there and and but hopefully we're getting the youth coaches to understand we have to change the game we have to change the game for those kids and and that's what we're doing and then there's the people that would say well you can't change it too much we don't want it to be flag football right but you have to find that happen not necessarily happy medium but a way that that kind of satisfies the public's um, need to see collisions right <laughs> uh, you know without those you know, affecting the individuals involved in it, it, it's, in a bad it, way. It is. It's it's a contact sport, and and but if you look, hockey's done this. Hockey has done this for youth. It's a different game there. There's no boarding in hockey, youth hockey. They changed the rink. They brought it in yeah. closer because they realize that limits the speed. Okay, so they they've done it. Soccer's done it. Football needed to do it. To be honest with you, yeah. The, when our football forefathers years ago. Yeah, invented this game. They invented it for adults. That field is designed for adults. I mean, picture a little kid out there. That that field looks. Hundred yards would be like a half a mile, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and so trying to adapt the field so it it fits the kid's body at that point. You know that that was an important factor. Um, but but it it certainly is important that people are open to growth mm-hmm. about the game because. There's a lot of kids now going out for flag football all over America. It is very popular. But there was the, is the next step, 11-man tackle football on a major fe- big field. Parents have hesitated. Okay. I think, I, I, and kids want to play. It's just that they look at that going, ah, with, we're, we're not 
we don't feel comfortable. So you're right. There has to be when you say compromise. There has to be this uh, this extra um, what can you say pathway. You know that it's, that it doesn't abruptly uh, goes to 11 man full field tackle. It, it it's like okay in the swimming pool. We don't we're not dump, jump, having the kid jump into the deep end yet. And you know we bring him yeah. along casually and 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 in a way that's safer. We feel in a way where the coaching can be done. The coach is right there, out there on the field, you know, and make sure, yeah. now, now you got to line up here, and, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very teachable scenario. And kids are having fun by doing it. And it's really very, very, what we're talking about, this, this, uh, this rookie tackle is very popular now in Northeast Ohio. We have lots of leagues doing it. And each year we're getting more. Very cool. Now you also do, and this is also part of, uh, you know, the, the, the having kids learn how to tackle better, in, in, a, in a more refined manner. And also on the high school level, we're running into a situation where a lot of the officials are, it's hard to get good officials or a, a young infusion of them. You do some of your work with the Cleveland Browns and you're very uh, laudatory towards the Haslam's and what their mindset is towards this and other things. Let's uh, examine the aspect of the program going on in the local colleges to get young officials right. in football. Right. Well, um, a few, about four years ago, um, with the Cleveland Browns, we, we came to the realization that the average age for a uh, greater Cleveland football uh, official was 55 years old. And there was a struggle trying to get younger guys to say, hey, besides being an accountant or a businessman or whatever, you could also be an official and have some fun doing that. Um, there was a struggle. So we came up with the idea at the, at the Cleveland Browns, we, we came up with the idea of going to Baldwin Wallace and John Carroll and create an officiating class. Uh, the local officials have their few guys that are also the teachers and that we would go to the, those colleges and here are these young college kids kind of, okay, they're, they're studying, but there's time, right? And, and that uh, maybe they played sports in high school, and we really encouraged the girls, too, to come to these classes. So what ends up happening is uh, the classes are at John Carroll and Ballin Wallace. It's for those college students who would be interested. Okay. And what ends up happening is they, uh, they take the course. There's a, I don't know, a $50 fee to take the course. They put the money down, but if they complete the course, uh, the Browns pay them back, reimburse nice. them, and the Browns also... Uh, give them a hundred bucks or hundred some for the officiating outfit, and then the Greater Cleveland football coaches start assigning them games and youth games maybe at first and maybe freshman games and so on like that. They they don't go into the big time yet, but for a college kid, think about that. You know, it's Saturday morning. You you get up and go do a couple youth games. You, you're home. You're back at campus by noon and you have sixty bucks in your pocket or something like that. That's not bad for a college kid, and it creates that. Hopefully, they'll mm-hmm. continue on officiating, and, and, and we, we build up uh, the numbers there of officials. Wow, that's a good, that's a great program, and cool. Right. On the, Browns on are the, the only ones have done that. There, there's, cool no other, there's no other pro teams doing these, these programs. We're the ones that are doing it. Well, many kudos to them for their, their uh, being up front and ahead of the curve as far as this is concerned. That is very cool. All right, let's wrap things up here, Chuck, with just a quick little look ahead. What do you think you have team-wise this year? Is it too early to ask that question July 1st? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little early. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we have a, a good nucleus coming back. I, there's some skill kids that are uh, colleges are recruiting them. Uh, we have a couple linemen. Colleges are recruiting them. 
Um, so I think any coach will tell you, you know, we graduate some good ones and hopefully the off season's gone well and that some of those younger guys are stepping up to, to fill. And that's, that's what we're finding out in camp uh, right now. And uh, we better because uh, our schedule is very tough this year. Uh, you know, we're an independent, so we, we, we have 10 games we have to fill. We don't have a league where we can, you know, already have seven games set. And then, so it's, it's a challenge uh, to do that. And our, our but it, it's one of these things that, that there's not always a, cho- a choice. Uh, you either pay the, play this team or you have a buy. So we work it out, and, and we're playing some very good teams. We open with a, a, a Loyola Academy out of Chicago. We're going to have to play that somewhere in Indiana. Wow. Uh, and then we have Mentor, and then we have Hoban. Uh, after that, we have uh, DeMatha uh, out of Washington. They're ranked, they'll be ranked nationally. They have a bunch of guys going Division One. Now we're not even—we haven't even mentioned Xavier and Moeller and Eds yet. So we have a challenge ahead of us. So, you know, the kids know it though. So they're—they're they're working hard. How great is it for your program to have a great rival like St. Ed's? Oh yeah, I—I—it's I, fun. I—I uh, I, the alumni have fun with it. Uh, I. I how do you get ready for that game? Well, you get ready playing the previous games. And Tom Lombard tell you the same thing. I mean, yeah, that's coming up, but, but. To get ready for a game this year, it's game seven. Uh, yeah, we're, that's we're, a little yeah, crazy, huh? It's, it's okay, you know, it's whatever. Fine. It's a game, right? It's a game. Right. <laughs> but you better work on game one, two, three, four, five, six to get ready for that yeah. one. So uh, we'll, it'll be fun. It was always a great game. Let me wrap up here with a quote from Chaucer and your reaction to it. Patience is a conquering virtue. Oh, yeah. That was a, a, an important one. I had that one on the board. I Did you really? That is. Uh, because uh, Jeffrey Chaucer, that even back then, realized literature can be didactic, can, teaching, right? It's a, there's a teaching way. Uh, Shakespeare, same thing. I mean, there's um, – and, and the language, the, 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 a quote can inspire you to think. And notice what's that saying, especially in the world today. Now, you know, he wrote back in 1380. You know, 700, almost yeah. six, 700 years ago. But you yeah. read that quote to someone today? There's a, people do need patience today. They do. It's, My it's, mother always used this as a as a as a quote that yeah. I, uh, patience is a virtue. That's that's uh, it's an important thing. And, and how often we have to say patience, patience, because uh, maybe we are in a generation now where the, you know satisfaction is needed now. Gotta right? have it takes time sometimes it does so it's certainly in your you know my daughter's in in your yeah, yeah. Uh, business and, over you know, channel three does a great yeah. job patience okay you know just work hard get a good work ethic and opportunities will be there be patient yeah the media wants to jump on the the slightest little instance of a story and have that exclusive and sometimes not being patient means you get the story first but you got it wrong right and that's not good you have to make sure you cross all the t's dot all the i's and make sure it's done right so you know and 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 i'm using your business i know you know, Maureen started, a, you know, some small little place, you know, and on radio or something. Then she went to Louisville, and you, you never know where you're going to end up. You know, I, yeah. I we would get phone calls every week. Well, I sent my tape to Sorry. Denver. I sent my <laughs> tape to Miami, and then you know, just just so nice that it ended up. Hey, 
there's a station in Cleveland. Okay. So that's that was a blessing. That's kind of cool to have your daughter on TV uh, John, in your hometown. I, you know, I'm that's... sorry it's not Channel 8 to you, but <laughs> I see I see my daughter every day. So we love her. Good. She's she's an outstanding young uh, broadcaster. I shouldn't say young in the sense that I mean – She's got three she, kids. So yeah, I mean, she's moving along. And I'm not saying she's old. Let's yeah. stop that there. Well, Chuck, it's been a, a delight. Always enjoyed being around you and covering your teams. Best of luck to your team this year. Thank and you, best man. of luck uh, as life moves along for uh, for you and your family. Thank you, John. We've – We've uh, seen a few football games, haven't we, huh? We've covered a few ones, so thank you for all you've done over the years. You bet. Thanks once again to Chuck Kyle for sitting down with me and chatting about so many things. Quite the interesting conversation, and I hope you did indeed enjoy that. In fact, if you do, then please subscribe to us. We're on anchor.fm. We're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it were, and all the other platforms that bring those podcasts to you. Just subscribe, rate, and if possible, and I certainly would appreciate it, pass it along. Share it with someone else. That would be cool. And thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you once again and stopping by with another edition of Tellage Talks. We'll see you next week.